Welcome to Humanize IT, where technology experts meet to discuss business strategy, industry trends, how we can make IT more personal with conversations, not presentations, and occasionally engage in a laugh or two. So I was like, hey, you know, every year we do a lessons learned. And so I went back into our episode listing on uh, on Anchor and I thought, when was the last time we did a lessons learned? What was it about last year? And I had to go all the way back to 2020 to find <laughs> our last lessons learned. Episode 118, if anybody wants to go check mm-hmm. it out. And I'm pretty sure I know what that episode's about. It's 2020 and uh, Skip oh, yeah. and I probably have drinks in our hands and just going, <laughs> this year <Yep>. sucked. <laughs> <laughs> yep, absolutely. <laughs> but in in IT, we have something called <laughs> lessons learned, and a lot of IT people avoid it. Like, oh, I don't have time for that. Yeah. Um, but I spent a, a significant portion of one of my um, my corporate uh, jobs doing root cause analysis, and it was rough because it was this large corporation that was having issues with outages being all over the place. And we wanted to find a way to um, make sure that the outages stopped recurring. And so we we created a team to just, after every outage, their job was to chase down what went wrong. So they had to be architect level engineers who could cut through all the BS and really ask the question of why did this fail? So be like, oh, I fixed it. I swapped the cable. Yes, but what was wrong with the old cable? You know, what was yeah. wrong with the with the fiber switch? Like, well, it just worked. I'm going to need more than that. Yeah. And then, I mean, these engineers grew to, grew to hate us. Like, if we need to come on site with you, we'll come on site with you and figure these things out. And we would find things from, there was cable mismatches. Like, people were just shoving in cables because they fit uh, uh, yeah. for fiber. Really bad idea, people. Really bad. Um, yeah. And there were, there were people that were like, oh, yeah, the firewall, I rebooted it and it came back up. Well, why did it fail in the first place? Well, it's fine now. Uh, That's not mean it's not going to fail again. So now I'm going to need you to go back into the logs and carve through what was the failure event Mm -hmm. and did we mitigate it? And so that's a lessons learned. So this year, like, okay, when you're sitting there doing um, level 10 meetings, for instance, like we look at our numbers every week. We think, why are things going direct this direction? Are they going up? Are they going down? It doesn't matter. It's not failure. It's not success. It's a change and why. So every week, Skip and I and Sebastian all sit down as leadership and say, okay, why are things trending the way they are? What can we do about it? Mm-hmm. Is there something we need to change or is there something we need to keep doing well? Like, you know, we had all like, maybe we had extra, you know, 60 leads this week. Cool. How did we get that? Yep. What can we do to make that better? And that's a lessons learned is actually talking about what action can you take to either mitigate something or make it better. And usually the best time to do this is at the end of a year. And it's like, sit back, look at 2022 and think, how did this year go? And for Skip and I, that's it. This year is pretty darn good. So what do you talk about? Yeah. And there's actually, I mean, so many things we have to look at there. And that is another good time to evaluate lessons learned is when things are going well. Do you know why? Because obviously we want things to keep going better. So I think lessons learned gets, and understandably so, it gets put into the bucket of, hey, we do this when something went wrong and and we figure that out. But the principles of that are just as valuable when something goes right. 
And I think we need to make sure we we look at that really holistically across all the things going on in our environment because we want to we want to mitigate the bad things and we want to supercharge the good things. So if you don't know where to apply the band-aids or apply the you know the the extra juice, uh, then you really are just plain I don't know randomly you know at, at getting things yeah. done. Yeah, and and it's it's also permission. Like so in a in security office, when I was back when I was doing um, security work, we would sit down as a team and go, okay, so post boom is what you call it. An event mm-hmm. occurs and you sit down and you dissect the event once everything's kind of solidified and stable. Like, okay, what actually happened? And going down, it's like, where could we have done better in this situation? So it's, uh, it's interesting to look back at 2020 and dissect it and think, okay, how could we have done 2020 better? How can we have done 2021 better? Oh, okay, uh, we had an event here at IT Nation. What went well during IT Nation? What didn't go well? Um, so next year in 2022, how do we make it even more successful? Or how do we avoid some of the pitfalls? Uh, like for instance, wear a mask. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I came out of I came out of IT Nation with COVID and was basically shut down for five days. Uh, but but more realistically, um, you know, like for my teenation, like I learned that I need to delegate better. I, you know, I took on too much of the conference um, uh, objectives on myself. And so I was like, at the end there, I was like, I can't get all this done. There's no way it can't be done. <laughs> and uh, luckily, Skip and Sebastian stepped up and said, hey, you know, we'll take on things. But I should have done that earlier. So next year, guess what? I'm going to be delegating like crazy. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. And, um, you know, that's a lessons learned, but people tend to think now that I'm done with an event, I need to move on. And that's wrong. If you want to continuously improve your organization, you have to stop and think about what you've done and what, what you need to change. So I would suggest people listen to this podcast, whether you're in it or not, Spend, you know, some time today, like whether you're driving to pick up your kids or whether you're heading out and sitting at a bar, like sit down, have a beer and think about the last year. What were the major events for 2022? What were the major things that happened positively and negatively in your organization or in your life? And do you want more of those next year? How do you want to, mm-hmm. how do you want to handle this next year? Did you yell at your kids too much? Did you chastise your employees too much? Did you not give right encouragement to people? What are the things that you could do better want to change and how are you going to do that? And that's a lessons learned. Mm-hmm. And I, I think Skip and I always talk about, what was it? Uh, what went well? What could you do mm-hmm. better? And what are we going to do going forward? What's what action are we going to do going forward? Those three questions are what I try to, to call people a mini SWAT. What went well, what could be done better, and what actions can I do going forward? Those are the three things you can ask yourself on any situation. As small as you sneezed wrong and got snot everywhere, or you took down an entire corporate network. It doesn't matter. You can always ask those three questions and so that you can continuously improve. Well, yeah. so, I mean, like for those of us who love barbecue, like I'm, I'm doing a turkey. This, there we go. This <laughs> I have been improving my turkey every year for about 10 years now. 
Now it was pretty bad to begin with. It was dry. <laughs> it didn't taste good. Or, you know, it's it's still a roasted turkey. It's still a smoked turkey. But I mean, I've been working on getting that skin crispy. How do I do that? When do I put it in? What temperature to do? And every year I make an adjustment. Every year I make something a little bit better. And every year it gets a little bit better. And like, oh my gosh, this is the best turkey ever. Like, oh, wait till next year. And so. I, mean, I went from doing a whole turkey on the on the smoker, and now I do a spatchcock tur- turkey. And this year, I learned a new spatchcocking technique to help remove the wishbone first, so it's easier to cut. You know, and um, you know how to crisp up the skin better with a uh, with a non salt based butter. You know, these little <laughs> things. And and this sounds silly. And skips skips a Texan, so he gets it. This is barbecue. Oh, yeah. This is this serious is stuff. This is this important, is important stuff. stuff. There's no difference between how I'm approaching making a turkey on Thanksgiving morning to how you should be treating your business. It's not that the turkey was bad in the beginning. It was okay. It was still a smoked turkey. But the turkey I'm making today, and I'll make Thursday, so much better. So that when people eat it, like you get that turkey that kind of falls apart in your hands. (laughs) Like, I mean, it's like. Uh, it's not dry. It's just, it's just, you know, makes a great leftover sandwich. It makes, it's, it's hitting all, all the, all the steps. There we go. And how did I get there? And this year's turkey won't be as good as next year's probably. And that's okay. That's because I do a lessons learned. I think, okay, what did I do wrong this year on the turkey? Last year, what I did wrong in the turkey was my, my oven based turkey. I put on a little too early. Those roasters cook fast people. They're not a smoker. <laughs> no. A smoker cooks slow. But you put it in one of those 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 self basting roasters. Uh, you know what? I can have a turkey done in about two hours. That was surprising. <laughs> so my turkey there was a little dry last year. <laughs> my smoked well, turkey was fantastic, though. Well, and you have to really be intentional about this. And I think you know the busyness of you know seems to be the modern life uh, really makes this a bit harder than it should be. But I, I think about there's a, a really hilarious story, whether it's true or not, you know, doesn't matter. It's still a funny little story (laughs) about some, some, um, some engine that's down, some big, you know, industrial plant is completely shut down and they can't get this one engine to run right. It's critical for everything. They've gone through all of their uh, issues. And so they call in, um, you know, the expert, some, some, some guy who used to do that, the The old old engineer. engineer. So Always the old engineer. It is. And so he comes out and he looks over it for a few minutes and, you know, uh, checks this and that. And then he pulls out this little ball peen hammer out of his um, toolkit, walks over to a, a spot on the engine and just bing, you know, hits the engine and everything fires up and it's all running and the plant's coming back online and everybody's getting stuff done and, you know, everyone's happy. And then, you know, the following week, the, um, uh, you know, whoever in accounting or, you know, the operations director, they get the invoice, you know, and it's for like, I don't know, I think the story changes every time, you know, $5,000, $10,000, whatever that is. And they're like, you got to be kidding me. You know, you, you showed up and all you did was hit, you know, the the engine and, and made it work and you're going to bill me for this much. And anyway, the story is an ancillary here, but the the engineer replies back and says, yeah, you know, the, the my time to come out there was a few dollars and, you know, my tools was, you know, this old hammer, it was a few dollars, but the 30 years of experience to know exactly 
square to hit that engine. That's what I charged you for. And yeah. it, and that's really cool. But that's that's not the end of it, because I think in the busyness of, you know, our life and and some of you may have heard that story. It seems to be kind of popular and, you know, a few little business books kind of things. We stop right there and we go, OK, you know, a really experienced guy came out and did the exact thing we needed and and we're all good to go. But has anybody come back and really, you know, taken a lessons learned approach as to, hey, why do we have to hit that engine right there? Can we train someone else to do that? Or is this going to be a problem? Is this going to happen one time and there's no amount of hitting that's going to fix it? I mean, what what's going to happen here? And we have to dissect that. We have to go in and go deep. We can't just go, oh, yeah, we, we got saved. It was expensive and move on. We need to understand what was going on there. And, and so since we're going anecdotal here, I'm going to tell the companion story to the $5,000 hammer. Okay. All right. Is, is um, you know, this, this lady gets in and she, she's preparing the ham for Thanksgiving. And uh, so she goes, to yep. so anybody who doesn't know this story, this is a classic business tale. And uh, there's another version of it called, you know, protecting the white walls. But because it's Thanksgiving, I'm going to tell the ham version. And so uh, this, 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 uh, this lady, I'm going to say a guy because I do the ham every year. This guy <laughs> doing the ham. He goes up and he goes to prepare the ham. And, and, and you know, his mom's watching. And um, grandma's there and they're all getting ready for Thanksgiving. And, um, you know, the guy's really excited to to make a ham for his mom and his grandma like they used to make. So he walks over there and he starts uh, he goes and he and he chops off the end of the ham. And just like his mom did, following the recipe, puts it in the oven, covers it up and puts it in the oven. His mom's like, good job. You do that just the way I did it. And grandma looks over and goes, what are you doing? And uh, it's like, I'm making a ham why did you chop the end off? Well, cause that's what you do in the recipe. Why, why, why wouldn't I chop the end off? Like, well, I chopped the end off because my pan was only a nine inch pan and the oven <laughs> was smaller back then. <laughs> and it's how I got it to fit in the oven. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just that, you know, this generational thing where we tend to follow process and, and we forget to question the process. And mm -hmm. so we have these lessons learned so that we don't do things like that. How much ham was wasted over the past 40 years of <laughs> mom cooking and, and dad cooking these, these hams and chopping off the end? No, it was just so it could fit in the pan. The pans are bigger now. The ovens are bigger now. We don't chop it off anymore. Yep. And so, you know, the other story is there's the white wall story. If you haven't heard the white wall story, it's like, you know, they're working in the factory and uh, the last thing they do in this tire factory before they ship off the tires, they wrap it up in brown paper. Mm -hmm. And then one day a guy goes, why don't we wrap these things in brown paper? It's like, well, it's to protect the white walls. And for those of you who are younger, white yeah. wall tires used to be a thing. And they had these white stripe around the outside and it looked really pretty. We don't have those anymore. Yeah, we haven't for 20 years. Yeah, don't even have raised white How long do they wrap things in brown paper just following procedure, not knowing why? So lessons learned helps us continuously improve. Otherwise, you get to these, you see these giant corporations who do things. We all make fun of the government. We all make fun of these giant corporations for doing unnecessary things, making things unnecessarily complicated. And that's because it's really hard to change once something is a procedure. 
and you've got thousands of people doing it. It's really hard to change the procedure. It made sense 10 years ago. It doesn't make sense today. And so in your organization, how many things do you have like that? How many people are still doing things the way they did 20 years ago because they didn't realize that now you can crimp uh, ends in a different way? How many of them are still running things, observing rules off of behaviors that don't exist? And so it's kind of like screensavers. Why do you have a screensaver? Yeah, I like them. That's why. They're pretty, you know? (laughs) But do you, do you know, how many of you old hats out there remember why we have screensavers? Yeah, I do. I could tell you exactly why we have screensavers. <laughs> I, I have monitors with burn-in impressions that yeah. I can tell you exactly why they exist. Yeah. And the idea is to avoid burn-in on monitors. Mm-hmm. We don't have to deal with that with LCDs. So, you know, we have to think of why. Why do we defrag? Why do you defrag a hard drive? Do you need to yeah. do that anymore? Why do you do a lot of these things in the IT environment? How can we be better? How many things are you doing a day that don't need to be observed? Hot data centers, for instance. That was a big thing back when I was an engineer 10 years ago. Is it still a thing today? Do people not, I mean, like the whole idea was like for a while there, you need to keep your data center really cold. Mm -hmm. And then we started realizing that you can run a 90 degree data center and be fine. Yeah. Because we used to be, you need your service to run for 10 years. Now, if you get your server running for five years, pff, no big deal. We just pop a new blade in when something fails. Yeah. So what we learned, we learned a lot along the way. Have a high rate of failure and no one cares. Yeah. It just, and that, that was it. We learned things along the way. And so you can help your lessons learned activities if you will. All right. And I know you're all going to hate this, but if you will document some things along the way. So let's, let's say you get to the end of the year and, and you want to look back and you want to see what went well, what didn't well, and then you want to dive in on that. Are you going to just rely entirely on your memory for those things, uh, your impressions? I mean, time, time plays tricks on us that way. So you got to really be careful. So there is a, an intentionality that you can take right now knowing that in the future, you're going to do this lessons learned. You're going to do it and you're going to do it well. So make some notes somewhere along the way. Do you, uh, do you, you know, do you run like uh, the last podcast, Adam, you mentioned our L10 meetings, you know, and we go through there and we make some notes and there's a log about why we made these decisions and, you know, what, what would be different. And you can go back and you can reassemble that into a good, you know, framework so you can go, all right, this is what we were thinking. It worked at the time, but now we can do this differently because of whatever, you know, and, and those to, to do it, lessons learned sounds good. I think there's an easy, uh, relatively easy, you know, argument to be made that this is a good idea, but to do it really, really well, you need to help yourself out now and plan to do those lessons learned in the future and, and set yourself up for yeah, success. Schedule them, yes. especially schedule one in December, you know, have like a fun, like Thursday morning doing lessons learned for the year. What mm-hmm. went well, have everybody write down something, some, their number one thing that went well this past year. What didn't go well, everybody writes down one thing that did not go well. And then everybody writes down one thing they're going to change, uh, again, you know, next year. And then spend the afternoon drinking, being merry, having a holiday party, doing something yeah. fun. 
because it is draining when you do an entire year's worth of lessons learned in it one morning. Be. And it will yep. take the whole morning. Let's say you got a team of five people. It will take you the morning. It will. To yep. do an entire lessons learned for a year. You know, I think back like, you know, if we really look back on what happened this year with at, just at Virtual C, Humanize IT, it has been insane this year. I thought mm-hmm. last year was crazy. <laughs> we bought a business last year. Last year had not anything on this year. Yep. So Absolutely. it makes me worried. What the heck is going to happen to us next year? <laughs> <laughs> you yep. know, if if the last two years have been this crazy, if there's this much of a roller coaster, 2021, 2022 have been an absolute roller coaster. And I'm wondering what's going to happen next year. What's going to be the big event next year is going to just define who we are. You know, this year we did a major code review, like a major code review and update. What are we doing next year? Is it going to be next year is the year of um, just absolute explosion? I'm I'm predicting that right now. And uh, how are we going to do that? Well, well, last time we had an explosion in accounts and explosion in growth, you know, what did we do wrong? And, you know, can we scale appropriately? Is there something we can do better this time? And we're, you, you better bet we're looking into that. You know, next week we have, uh, we have our, our session to plan out 2023 and to find what went well this year, what didn't go well, and what are our goals going to be next year so we can all align with each other and do better. Because one of my biggest lessons learned in life is that if you can, if you can be successful at conveying your goals and vision for the year with your team, they can all align with you and you have to encourage them to align with you. Mm-hmm. You yep. do that and you've got all your horses pulling in the same direction and things go really well when you do that. Yep. And I'm looking forward to all of us. Like we've been heading in the same direction for a long time now. And I feel like we are accelerating. And, yep. uh, you know, with this launch in IT Nation uh, last month or this month, oh, last month, because this will be in a couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> that um, we are now like, okay, what went well? We nailed it. Uh, what didn't go well? Uh, we could have nailed it more earlier. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah. And there, there's know, lots of little details in there that, little details. Well, yes, I even got skipped to say, I told you so. Oh, my and, yes, uh, yes. you know, did, I was hoping to avoid that. <laughs> did we, did we do well at the conference? Yes. Now leading up to the conference, could we have done better at customer success or at sales? Yes. Mm-hmm. But we were working our butts off to make something else successful. So next year, Let's make sure we 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 consistently deliver earlier and and more thoroughly with everyone, so that we can have a successful year, and be better at modeling what's going to come up. So like we can be more like instead of just having one conference throughout the year, let's do six conferences throughout the year. Let's stagger them. Yes. So we're consistently yeah. talking to our members and to prospects, and we're keeping everything going rather than doing one giant burst. Yes, the, the ability to scale really it is really is going to be, I think, really good for us. But I, I want to follow up on something you said. You know, suggesting that you know you take a Thursday and you have your team uh, write down, you know, what didn't go well and and what did go well. And as a business leader, I would really encourage you to go through that exercise because I'm pretty confident that at least two or three items on their list are going to surprise you. 
you are oh, yeah. going to, you're, you're going to go, wow, I didn't realize that this was that big of a problem. I didn't know we caused that big of an issue with whatever or how narrowly we avoided, you know, the abyss um, and, you know, that that, you know, failure of whatever systems. Uh, but the, uh, the kind of the, and that's on the kind of the negative side. But on the flip side, uh, understanding what went well for your team when you made a small change in a policy or maybe you switched a you know manufacturer and so we got you know a new model in and the impact it had on your team you might not have really understood that you might have thought hey well, yeah we got a great deal we saved some money over here but your team is going this was awesome we we could do this it it you know it gave us more time we had more detail well, whatever it is and since you know you don't do everything if you do you you should evaluate that but that's another topic right <laughs> but since you don't do everything you really need to listen to your team and understand what is going well for them and what isn't going well and so you can take you know what they're wanting to do next year and then you can provide your vision you can provide your leadership and your guidance so that you're all going in the same direction but you need their perspective in these in these lessons learned exercises yeah. uh, you know i completely forgot about that in this podcast episode I was like lessons learned within your own msp great lessons learned with your clients oh my gosh mm -hmm. that is where mm -hmm. it's at ask those three questions we've had a number of podcasts on that how do you ask these questions? When do you ask them? All the time. You yeah, know, even absolutely. to the point where you could be opening your conversations when you have a client like, okay, tell me your three. What went well? What didn't go well? What could we do better? And that's a great segue into a client saying, oh, well, technology-wise, no, no, tell me about your business. What went well in 2022 from your business standpoint? Oh, yeah. You know, we had a huge increase in the number of leads we have. Um, we have a lot more people coming into our restaurant. We have a lot more people like coming by. Well, what didn't go well? Well, you know, there was that salmonella scare. Uh, you, know? <laughs> right. mean, yeah. you get some good stories out of them and you know, maybe, maybe your engineer will have a great idea of how to help them. You know, maybe, maybe there will be a lessons learned there that allows you to take things to the next level with your client or they start seeing you as that solutions provider rather than just a tech head. Well, and just real, real practically, you know, the, the scenarios always pop off in my mind. You, know, you mentioned salmonella. And so, you know, it always t tends to come down to, you know, uh, food prep. But, you know, uh, refrigeration is a, is a key element in that as well, I believe. Uh, someone will correct me probably. And so, you know, they go through whatever scenario and they're like, yeah, that was really bad. You know, when that, that freezer quit working on us. And so now we, we know, you know, every night before somebody leaves, they go and they check the temperature. All right. And, and they think they've solved the problem, but you're sitting there as a tech guy going, you know, I've got tons of resources that we could throw on that all sorts of alerting deals. I can give you a real time feed on your phone as to the temperature of your walk-in freezer. W would that help you avoid this problem that you had last year? So, you know, in talking about their business, we're identifying technology solutions that you probably wouldn't have talked about had you not really dove into their business. What 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 is going on with them? The technology will come. We I I guess that's one of the things that you know I'm trying to say delicately to some uh, some people that I talk to is you don't have to force it. 
you know, people need technology. They want technology. You don't have to force it on them. Uh, we just need to find the best uses for it. And listening and learning with your clients is going to be the best way to do that. Yep. So to wrap up, people, just lessons learned. Don't be afraid of failure. Don't be afraid of mistakes. Don't be afraid of to, to talk about your success and why. Yeah, it's great to have success. It's great to acknowledge failure, but talk about it. And those, figure out what lessons you can learn and how you can move forward with both your clients and your own company and employees. If you do both those things, you will become one of the top companies in, in your area or in your locale because that's how you increase your OML. For those of you looking for operational maturity levels, the biggest way to increase your operational maturity level is to <clears throat> look at what you're doing well and what you're not doing well and make it better. Make what you're doing today look like crap tomorrow. And that is the core of a lessons learned. And that's what will endear you to your clients and to your staff so that continuous improvement can rise all ships. So there we go. You know, know know your know your guys know your girls know how to know how to build them up know how to build your company and know how to build your clients companies and all comes down to lessons learned appreciate that we're wrapping up the year here people so we got two more podcasts coming up and i think it's going to be 2023 so all right everybody next week thanks thank you for joining us today if you like our podcast please subscribe comment and check out our Facebook page. Also encourage others who want to see IT transform to subscribe as well. We could always use your help.